Hey, what's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Arrowhead Live is back after taking a week off. We're coming at you guys today with episode nine, uh, our draft extravaganza. I'm Grant, here with my co-host, Ori. What's going on, guys? Um, so first off, real quick, let's just uh, discuss the mailbag questions that we have for this week. Um, so we, we took a week off, and... Uh, you know the draft is over and everything, and we're really we're really taking the big strides into the uh, into the regular or into the off season here. So the first question is from depressed sports fan. He said, "Does Veach have another free agent move or trade up his sleeve?" Um, honestly, I think he does. I think Andy Reid kind of hinted at the fact that that Veach isn't done or that he may not be done. Really, ideally, I think I'd like to see him add a corner. And other than that, I I think we're set, honestly. Yeah, I think that if we're going to do anything, it's going to be for corner as well. I don't think we necessarily have to get another corner. I I think that it would definitely it's definitely a big asset and would make us a lot stronger going forward. But I don't know if we I say that it's we have to or we're gonna our defense is gonna struggle a lot, but. I think that if there's going to be another free agent move, it's going to be for a cornerback. I don't really see another guy, another uh, position that we need to fill as much as cornerbacks, especially after the draft. Yeah, and I think, I mean, with linebacker, I've seen a couple people mention linebacker, and a question from a fan coming up here mentions it as well. Uh, people see linebacker as a weakness, and I mean, I can understand that. There's not really any any big names that that feel make you feel good um, at the linebacker position, but um, I think we're set at linebacker to be honest. I mean, Hitchens going to be there um, in the middle of the field, you know, running things, and then we have uh, oh Daniel and Gary Johnson, who's an undrafted free agent, um, on playing one of the outside linebacker positions, um, and then who knows what the other one is? Uh, probably Damian Wilson or. Uh, Jeremiah Tauchu. So I, th- I think we're good at, at linebacker, but you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, I don't think, I don't think Spagnuolo's scheme really puts a lot of stress on the linebackers. They're, they really just, they fill, they have gap, uh, fill the gaps and have gap integrity. And then um, they, they don't really have any major responsibilities. So. Yeah. And I think the, up, the upgrades we've got to our defensive line help out our linebackers a lot as well. And uh, yeah, you mentioned all those linebackers. You also have, uh, you also have Ragland, who's who's not terrible. So I mean, he's he's a decent linebacker. He can you can, he can be thrown in there as well. Uh, I think that yeah, I think we're pretty set at linebacker too. I, I know there's not any, you know, we don't have you can't look at our linebackers and go wow, there's one star on, on that on that on the team. But I think that they'll be decent enough that with the additions to our our D line and additions all around the, the board on defense. Uh, I think they'll be all right. Yeah, so so, uh, moving on to the question from Jay Lyons. Um, He's asked, who will have the better career, Mikkel Hardman or DK Metcalf? I'm going to go with Hardman is going to end up having the better career. I think that uh, especially if he sticks around here for a while, I think that he's going to put up some big numbers with with Mahomes. And, uh, you know, we're going to go into the Tyreek situation a little bit later, but uh him if if it does end up being Tyreek Hardman Watkins uh you know Kelsey you know all those guys there's gonna it takes a lot of pressure off of him and it's gonna give him a really uh good opportunity to succeed 
And then with Metcalf uh, in Seattle, yeah, you have you have Wilson going to him, but I think that I think that Hardman's end up going to be either wherever they went. It was it's going to being the better wide receiver. I think that for Metcalf is just yeah, he's huge. We've you've seen the pictures. Everybody knows you know his whole deal. But I think that um, his his lack of route running skills are going to catch up to him at the at the NFL level, and people, they're going to start to catch on to his catch on to his. Uh, you know, his fit. Yeah, I agree. I think Miko Hardman, I think he's the more well-rounded player. And I think he has, I don't know if he has more upside than DK Metcalf. I mean, DK Metcalf has basically unlimited potential. He has unlimited physical traits and everything. But um, Hardman is, Hardman's a really, really nice fit for our system. And, uh, you know, DK Metcalf is a huge project as a wide receiver. He's got all the tools, but he's pretty much, he's, as raw as it gets and honestly whenever whenever we got to got to the pick and i saw that we traded up i thought it was going to be dk metcalf you know i thought he was the obvious choice you know we'd been connected to him um we'd been connected to him a a couple times in the offseason you know as a a guy that we could possibly trade up for if we in the first round um and then we traded away our first round pick and i didn't expect dk metcalf to be there um but whenever we selected michael hardman I, i felt good about it um, I think Michael Hardman is going to be really, really successful. And um, coming out of college, Tyreek Hill was a running back with very little experience as a wide receiver. And uh, Michael Hardman was a quarterback in high school and then played corner for his first uh, year at Georgia and then switched to wide receiver where he's played for two years. So he's kind of in a similar situation. And if he gets to the to the next level and he gets some coaching, I think he's going to be a really, really good wide receiver. So going on to the next question from um, Playing Possum, uh, it says, "Will the Chiefs address linebacker and cornerback, and how?" Um, yeah, so we kind of we kind of already went over all this. I, like we said, we think that it's definitely a possibility that um, we could get a free agent cornerback. Uh, that which, but I, we all kind of already said that the linebacker position we think we feel is pretty decent at the time. So I don't think that they're going to be going out and signing a big name free agent or anything like that. So. Um, yeah, we kind of already addressed it. Do you have anything else to say about that, though? Yeah, I mean, for linebacker, I don't think we were going to trade for anyone. I think I think we're basically set there. Um, I'm not really worried about it. Um, and then as for cornerback, um, a couple guys to keep an, keep an eye on would be Patrick Peterson, Trey Waynes, Xavier Rhodes, guys like that. Um, and then as for the, the linebacker depth, going going back to touch on that, um, right now it's strong, or Sam linebacker. Um, the depth chart reads Damian Wilson and Damian Wilson and Jeremiah Tauchu, um, who are good two two good players. I mean, they're not flashy, um, but I think that ultimately that that's where they're going to end up. And I think that they, you know they'll be decent decent players for us. Um, and that Mike linebacker, uh, the depth chart will probably be Reggie Ragland, Dorian O'Daniel, and Gary Johnson. Hopefully, I hope he makes the roster because. You know, he's got some speed, some much-needed speed that we need in the linebacker group. You know, I it's been talk, talks that Ragland is going to be the, the shoe-in for Mike Linebacker right now, and that doesn't make much sense to me. But, I mean, that's that's what the guys are reporting. So, um, And then at, at Will Linebacker, we have Anthony Hitchens and Ben Neiman right now. Um, and in the system that we are going to be running, the 4-3 under with Spagnuolo, um, the will linebacker is actually in the middle of the field because the Sam linebacker plays down on the line as a stand up stand up edge rusher. 
But um, I think ultimately we're going to be fine at, at linebacker and and cornerbacks. Really, the position to target if we're going to position or if we're going to if we're going to make a trade or make a another splash in free agency, maybe a guy like Maurice Claiborne or something like that. Um, so let's move on to our draft results and the are some of the key undrafted free agents that we signed. Um, so with the first pick, we traded up. What was it? Was it fifty-seven? I think it was fifty-seven. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah, we traded up to 57 for Mikul Hardman, uh, the wide receiver out of Georgia. So we've kind of already touched on him, but I love the fit. Yeah, and I think that, um, like, we, like we kind of already talked about, if we're able to line those two, Tyreek and him up side by side, it's going to be real hard. You do a, do a screen with one of them and, you know, one of them going to post, it's going to be real hard to defend, especially with they have to think about Kelsey and all that. So um, I think that we got better at running back, too, during the draft. So I think that our offense is going to be going on all cylinders with, with this guy added to it. Yeah. And like you mentioned, um, if Tyree kill is back with, which after the news today that we're going to touch on a little bit, um, I think there's a real possibility that he is back, but yeah, Michael Hardman and Tyree kill on the outside with Sammy Watkins in the slot as our wide receivers. That's absolutely terrifying. Like I can't even understate that enough. It's, it's pretty scary for opposing teams. And, all these Bronco fans and Charger fans and Patriots fans that were hoping Tyreek Hill was going to get kicked off and that, you know, hoping that he he actually hurt his son so that he would not play for us anymore, which is pretty messed up, but mm-hmm. um, that's essentially what they were doing, um, might not actually happen now. Uh, so it's really going to it's really gonna eat them alive whenever we're burning them down the field next year. So For sure. Then we're going to go on to the next pick, which we got uh, Dwan Thornhill. Uh, and uh, so then he's going to be uh, coming in at safety. I think that he's going to be a stud for us. Him pairing him up with um, with with the Honey Badger, who we also just recently got. Um, I think that those will be a those will be a good the uh, good duo. Um, you know, we get have our have Watts there as well, so you can kind of interchange those to see what they want to do with that. But I think that um, I think we got a, we got we got a lot better at safety. I, I think that we kind of filled the hole we had there. Yeah, definitely. I agree. And, you know, Thornhill brings a, a, a dimension to our defense that we haven't had in a long time. Um, he He's a center fielder. You know, he's going to play. He'll be the free safety in, in one high. Um, and then while, while uh, Tyron Matthew comes down in the box and then whenever we have two high safeties, they'll both be back there most likely. But, um, you know, he's great in coverage. He's great in run support. And I really think he's going to be a fantastic addition to our defense. Um, he's a ball hawk. I think he's had something like 13 interceptions in, mm-hmm. in three years at Virginia, which is pretty crazy. I mean, that's an average of over four reception or four interceptions a year. So that's another thing that we've been lacking since trading Marcus Peters, even though he gives up an absurd amount of touchdowns. Um, it'll be really nice to have a ball hawk back there in the middle of the field, a uh, Earl Thomas style guy. Um, and then moving on to the next pick, um, it was Colin Saunders out of Illinois State. Um, was it Illinois State or was it what was it? Uh, it's out of it's out of WIU, Western Illinois. Western Illinois, that's right, not Illinois State. I apologize. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, yeah, Colin Saunders, and you know, whenever I was watching him on film, uh, he actually kind of reminded me of Derek Naughty. He was quicker off the ball than Derek Naughty. Um, but you know, they have similar build and, and they have a similar play style. And, uh, you know, I didn't expect, I didn't expect this to be a, a guy that we would target, um, just because, 
you know, we already have Derek Nottie, and I thought if we were going to go with an interior defensive lineman, it'd be, you know, like a true nose tackle style player. But I really, really like this pick um, after looking at it a little more, a little deeper. Um, there's, I've posted a picture earlier today um, of Chris Jones, and it really looks like he's leaned out. Like he might be 285. I'm not even kidding. Um, so, you know, if, if we have Frank Clark at D, one defensive end, at the weak defensive end position, and uh, he's playing out wide in the seven tech or nine tech or whatever, um, and then we have Chris Jones playing the five tech with Saunders and Naughty in the middle, uh, that's going to be a really really scary defensive line. Yeah, and when I, when I, going back to when we first drafted him, I, I when I when I saw the pick, I was, you know, I wasn't overly excited at first and then i was like well let me check this guy out so i go and you know see you see the the whole the video you're like oh he's huge like you look at him and he's a big big dude and then you see the and you see the video of him doing backflips and you're like oh crap this dude's kind of athletic and then you start watching his tape and you know he just keeps every video you watch you just you just like him a little bit more and he come he does come out of a, a pretty small school it's not too too far from my hometown actually uh it's yeah it's a small school so Probably didn't get as much attention as he should have, but he's a he's a big guy and he he can get to the quarterback too. And uh, but it's what's it's just insane of like how he can move around with how big he is. It's it's going to be tough to stop with you. Like you said, I, that picture of Chris Jones, he looks he looks pretty. Thin. He doesn't look thin, but he looks he looks definitely looks lean. And he uh, mm-hmm. with with him being in top shape, Frank Clark. All and these these two are going to be in the middle with him and Nadi. It's going to be tough to stop. Yeah. So um, going back to the Senior Bowl that Colin Saunders participated in. Oh yeah, and it's Colin, not Kalen. His Twitter wants you to know that. So oh, yeah, anyone Kalen, it's Colin, even though it's spelled K H L E N. It's pronounced Colin, like C O L L I N. Anyway, um, so going back to the Senior Bowl real quick, where where. Um, Colin Saunders kind of made a name for himself. Um, he went against Michael Dieter, um, who is I think was he he was out of Wisconsin, right? Wisconsin. Uh, sounds right. Yeah, and then Nate Davis, who is uh, North Carolina Charleston, Garrett Bradbury, who's a first round pick uh, that Chiefs fans are familiar with, familiar with. Uh, Bo Benchwell, uh, I believe he he might have been from Wisconsin. Dieter. In Benchwell, I don't remember if they were both from Wisconsin or one was from Nebraska. Maybe I don't know. Anyway, and then Chris Lindstrom and Eric McCoy. Um, so he went against in his attempts against or his matchups against Dieter Davis and Brad Bradbury and Lindstrom. He had a 100% success rate, which is crazy. That's insane. Like like those. That's two first rounders a third rounder, and then I think Dieter was drafted in the early rounds, early to mid rounds as well. But that that's, I mean, that's crazy. Like, he was beating these guys over and over and over again, and two of them are top 20 picks. Yeah, I think he was definitely trying to make a statement that day. Didn't they, didn't I read to where he was like the, didn't he get, wasn't he like the MVP of the of that game or something like that? Um, I, thought, I don't I remember. I saw something like that. He, he might have been, he might have been. I know the crazy thing is, is he had a, his uh, I don't know if it's his wife or his girlfriend or what, but she went into labor, and he was like, "Okay, I'm coming home," and she was like, "No, stay there. Like, you can come see the baby at whenever you're done. This is, this is the biggest day in your life. You need yeah. to stay there." 
And I think he, uh, I think he actually flew home in after practice on the day of the game, and then flew back and like, still went off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, what a guy, right? What a guy. Yeah, that's crazy. So going on to the next, the our next pick, uh, we got Rashad Fenton, and uh, so he, he's a he's 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 not a bad cornerback. He's not a bad pick. I don't think he's a bad pick, but I don't think that I think that. If anybody was going to say, like, you know, there's a questionable pick, it would probably be this one. Um, he, we, we kind of talked about this before a little bit uh, by ourselves, but yeah, I think we both kind of agreed that he's like going to be like a special teams guy at first, but he has, he has uh, talent. So he has, you know, he can work his way up. Uh, I'm not sure that he, I don't think he's going to be a starter the first year, but um, he's definitely pretty raw so far. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, he played a lot of press at uh, South Carolina. And, you know, I was pretty surprised at this pick um, whenever they made it. And I thought there was guys like uh, uh, Jimmy Moreland, who was out of um, – oh, where, where was he from? He was, he was in Kansas. Um, it was Kansas State? I don't know. No, no, no. It was a small school. I don't remember what it was exactly. But anyway, uh, oh, Washburn. He was went to Washburn. Or maybe that was Ballantine. I don't know. He went anyway, to James Madison University. Yeah, James Madison. That's right. That's right. Um, but yeah. Anyway, Jimmy Moreland. I liked him. You know, he's he a little bit undersized, but um, he had really, really good ball skills and showed nice zone coverage skills. But you know, after watching Fenton Fenton's film a little bit, I can I can see what the Chiefs were seeing. Um, but yeah, I think I think he's definitely come in and he's going to be a key special teams guy. For at least a year or two, and then maybe he could work his way into into the rotation at cornerback. So, um, I mean, I'd give that pick like a C, C plus, something like that. I, I mean, there really wasn't much left on the board in terms of cornerback at that point, but Mm-mm. it is what it is. Um, moving on to my personal favorite pick of the draft is Darwin Thompson, um, and out of Utah State, and. If you guys have been following us, I have been tweeting about Darwin Thompson constantly. And uh, we have a little group message with some Chiefs fans um, and uh, that Ori actually made quite a while back. It was like a year and a year and a half ago. But um, I have been pounding the table for Darwin Thompson for a long time as a sixth or seventh round pick. <laughs> and uh, finally it came to fruition, and I love it. Um, you know, he's a smaller guy. He's 5'8", 200 pounds, but... Um, he's not afraid to lower his shoulder and uh, just absolutely run through you. And that's what I love about him. And, and not only can he run through you, but um, he can also put a move on you and make you look absolutely ridiculous. Um, and I think in our scheme, he I think he's going to be really, really successful. Um, you know, he, he shows some sk- ability to, you know, catch out of the backfield and run routes. Um, but not only that... Um, yeah, he so he was ranked number one in terms of elusive rating by PFF among draft eligible running backs, um, and then he was also he was seventh in uh, ranked seventh in percentage not tackled on first contact, and he was eighth in yards per route run, uh, which is a really really key stat, which means he's actually running down the field um, on on plays that he's being or that on plays that he's running routes instead of, as opposed to blocking. Um, so that's, that's a really, really nice um, addition for us, I think. Um, and uh, he can also, he can also uh, pass block a little bit as well. So 
Um, if you remember last year, a guy is Philip Lindsay for the Broncos, who, you know, gave us a little bit of trouble last year, and he was five eight, you know, one hundred and ninety pounds or something like that. Um, and he's kind of a similar back. He's a lot faster than Darwin Thompson, but um, similar similar kind of skill set. So yeah, I think he's going to be a really good pick. We can, you just talked about how elusive he is and how he can you know pretty much do a little bit of everything. I think that what's crazy is I, I saw this video of uh, just talking about he's really fast and he's not you can get away from you, but I also saw this video of he, he was lifting he was lifting like five hundred pounds, like cleaning like five hundred, and then he no, said. He was, uh, he was a uh, front squatting 500 yeah, front pounds, squatting which 500 is, pounds which is insane that's and crazy I, I was reading that he said he was in that in the same tweet that he said he can do 695 yeah yeah that's crazy absolutely insane so he's a strong dude he's uh from what i've seen of him he's really hard to take down he'll he'll bounce off you he'll Mm-hmm. Right when you feel like he's about to about to go down, he's he puts his, puts his hand down, pushes him back up, and just keeps yeah. running. It's crazy. Yeah, so he's, he's gonna be a lot of fun to watch with him and Damian Williams. It's gonna be that's gonna be nice. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, I think he's a good. He's a nice uh, change of pace as well. I mean, they've got Carlos Hyde, who's probably the number two there. Um, and then you have Damian Williams, obviously, who's gonna who's the de facto number one. And then you know you have Darwin Thompson, who's probably gonna get you know maybe five to eight touches a game at least i'd hope and uh i wouldn't be surprised to see him break break a couple big plays one or two almost, big a game i almost for, i almost always forget we have hide because you don't really i haven't heard much about him like at all yeah but uh but yeah that, that is gonna be a, a we got we have our running back group is gonna be pretty nice yeah i agree and you know there's gonna be a little bit of a a little bit of a, a position battle there as well i think i don't oh, yeah. think it's I don't think anything is is set in stone uh, with that group. So, no, um, I think that's only going to make them better. Oh yeah, and then also we tweeted a picture a while back of Darwin Thompson, and the dude is absolutely shredded. Like, you oh, think yeah. DK Metcalf is shredded? Like, I would argue that Darwin Thompson is actually more impressive physically. Which is insane. Yeah, I mean it's crazy. Like his his traps like connect to his earlobes. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> Um, but yeah, moving on to our last pick, uh, is the second pick in the seventh round. It was, uh, Nick Algaretti out of Illinois. Um, first impression of this pick was, I wasn't, I wasn't impressed by it. I mean, I had heard the name, um, I knew who he was, but you know, I wasn't, nothing really stood out to me. And then I got to looking at it a little bit more and I looked at his PFF profile and, uh, you know, his, they have a web chart. Um, it's like a big, uh, I think it's an octagon. I think it's eight sides. I'm not sure. Something like that. It's either an octagon or a decagon, dodecagon or something like that. I don't know. But um, he is really, really balanced. Like, they have a ring in the middle for um, position average. And he's, like, way on the outside for, for everything, um, which is really, really nice. And I, I believe he's, like, in the 99th percentile of po- uh, pass blocking efficiency and um, so he has experience at center and guard, which is really nice. I mean, it's a very, very Chiefs pick. I mean, if you look at Zach Fulton a few years ago, very similar style player. And, uh, you know, he's, I don't know if he'll come in and he might, he, he could push for the left guard position immediately. He could even possibly push Austin Ryder for the, for the center position immediately. But you know, I think he'll come in and he'll be a, uh, a little bit of a project just like Fulton was. 
Yeah, I think that, um, you know, when you draft an offensive lineman, people aren't generally too excited about it. You, know, you need them. Everybody knows you need them, but they're not a flashy pick. They're not a new running back, a new, new toy for you to for to watch or anything like that. But uh, I, I think that he's like like he's gonna be he's pretty well rounded. I think that he's he's gonna it's gonna take him some time, but I think that eventually he can be one of those players where you know he's there. You don't and if you're not hearing about him, if you're not hearing about an offensive lineman, that's probably a good thing because they're not you really only hear about him they're getting burnt. So hopefully he'll you can step up and be one of those guys and maybe take the center and uh, turns into a a, a pick that yeah uh, pans out well for us. Yeah, and uh, as well in, I think it was 392 pass block snaps last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't allow a single snap sack or QB hit. And Which he is... allowed five total uh, hurries. So, I mean, that's a really nice, like... Right. So you like, can see why they would want him in front of Mahomes. Yeah, definitely a nice, like, base project to work with. Like, you know it's all there. Um, and if you can, if you can get him to to figure it all out. I think he could be a good, I think he could actually be a starting offensive lineman for us. Mm-hmm. So in the seventh round, that's, I mean, you can't do any better than that. For sure. And then going into uh, the next, we're, we're actually going to go into the undrafted free agents now. So uh, the first one would be Cody Thompson. Who's the uh, wide receiver. He's a wide receiver. I think it's out of, Tol- was it out of Toledo? I Toledo. Can't Toledo. Toledo. Yeah. So he, uh, he actually, from what, from watching him, um, he's he's pretty he's really he's real, pretty a decent uh, well-rounded uh, wide receiver. He's he's good good catching skill, good ball skills, uh, decent route runner. I think I actually when we did our one of our mock drafts, I can't remember which one it was, but I, I I'm pretty sure I picked him in like the sixth or seventh round, and mm-hmm. one of the one of them. So uh, to get him undrafted is 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 nice. I think that he can definitely, uh, if not be a, be a special teams guy, he can. If if even uh, I think he can definitely be a solid addition at wide receiver. I don't know if he's going to be super flashy or anything like that, but you know he could be a solid fourth or something like that. You know, sounds like you're stereotyping white guys. Yeah, I don't know. If I, I don't know if I'm if I'm doing that or not, but uh, <laughs> I think that he'll be. I think he'll be solid. Yeah. So um, in his sophomore year, he had he had 64 receptions for 1,268 yards. And eleven touchdowns, mm-hmm. um, and then I believe in his second year he I think or in his third year twenty seventeen, um, I think he broke his leg, and uh, I don't remember I don't know exactly how it what he broke, but yeah he broke his leg and then uh, you know his production kind of dropped off a little bit, um, but he he did have ten touchdowns last year he had a total of thirty touchdowns in his college career, um, over four years which is really really nice and um, on. 177 receptions, 291 targets. He only had eight drops. Yeah, he's gonna get so, good hands. You know, I think I think we had a couple guys last year that had like more than eight drops just in last year alone. Um, you know, he's a decent athlete, ran a four five seven, which isn't great, but he had a 38 and a half inch vertical, a six eight seven three cone drill, and a four oh three twenty yard shuttle. So he's quicker than fast, um, and he does have some some jumping ability and everything, but you know, I think I think he'll be a decent player. Um, he'll push for, hopefully, he'll push for the sixth wide receiver spot, depending on the how the Tyree Kill situation plays out. But I think he'll push for the sixth wide receiver spot, and if not, he could be a practice squad guy. 
Um, so moving on to wide receiver Felton Davis the third out of Michigan State. This is another guy kind of like Cody Thompson. Um, he got hurt last year. He tore his Achilles and he kind of he dropped off a lot of teams' boards, but um, he really really flashes some big play ability. Um, he's six three, two hundred and eleven pounds, I believe. And uh, you know he didn't he didn't do any any testing other than height, weight, and bench press, which he did twenty one reps on. But Felton Davis is another guy with you know he's got pretty good hands. He's only got eleven drops on one hundred and eighty seven targets, which is decent. He's the type of guy that you know he just throws one arm out there, and somehow he catches the ball one handed. You know he's got ten and a quarter inch hands, which is crazy and. You know, I I enjoyed watching his film, and uh, we actually DM'd him a little bit, uh, talked to him, and you know, he said he's not sure if he'll be ready ready to go for rookie minicamp. But he said once he's good to go, he he's gonna surprise a lot of people. Um, you know, uh, every athlete says that. You know, oh, I'm gonna surprise some people. You know, pay attention to me, whatever. But um, I think I think Felton Davis really has it, and that's another guy that could definitely push for the wide receiver six spot. Yeah, I, th- I agree. I think that him and Cody Thompson, will, you know, it's it'll be. Uh, I think that if I had to pick one that had more up, more up, a higher ceiling, it'd probably be Felton, uh, Felton Davis, uh, just because I, when you when you watch his some of his film, yeah, he had the, he had the injury, but when you, yeah, I think he posted this uh, this video, which kind of like one of those little hype videos, had the music in the background, all that, and uh, just watching it, I know that they they're they pick and choose what plays that they show on there but uh he's he's definitely got some energy to him he's uh has a lot of big playability uh, i think that you like you said he said he's gonna he's gonna surprise some people and i i do believe that i think that um it, he'll be a, it'll be a name that we actually will be hearing from uh he won't just be some guy that disappears under the practice squad and then into the abyss forever i think that he'll actually uh come back pretty strong yeah, and, you know, with an Achilles, I mean, that's kind of a complicated injury to come back from. But, um, you know, when both of these guys, Cody Thompson and Felton Davis, get on the field and they get going, I think it's going to have a little bit of the Ben Neiman effect where you're just hoping and praying that these guys make the team. Um, because, you know, I think they are going to be that flashy type of player. And, you know, I think they'll they'll probably be battling it out against each other for that wide receiver six spot unless somehow Sammy Coates or someone like that, you know, you know, comes up and surprises everyone. But, um, and then hopefully, you know, whoever doesn't make it, I hope we can stash him on the practice squad. Mm-hmm. Or uh, maybe with Felton Davis, we could even stash him on IR because he does have the Achilles injury. Um, and if, you know, that flares up or whatever, we can pull in Eric Berry and stash him on IR. But, um, yeah, that's a that's another guy. Those two guys, I would, I would love to see one or both of those guys make the roster as back-end guys, I think. I think they can be solid contributors and definitely on special teams when they're not, you know, full-time wide receivers. But moving on to the next player is James Williams out of Washington State. Um, this is a guy that I thought was would get drafted. You know, I thought he was a f- late fifth, early sixth round guy. Um, he had, I, th- I think he had almost, he might have had over a thousand yards of total offense. Um, if not, it was really, really close. But um, it was like literally split down the middle with receiving yards and in rushing yards. And he didn't put up a crazy like yards per average or anything like that in terms of of rushing. You know, he carried the ball it was uh, 4.6 yards per carry. 
and he had it, he had 560 yards total, um, but he had 12 rushing touchdowns. So and he forced 37 missed tackles. Um, and this is another guy just like Darwin Thompson, uh, who was let's see what was he? He was seventh in percentage not tackled on first ta- contact, um, which means whenever he gets hit, this is the percentage at which he gets away from that tackle and continues the run, obviously. Um, Well, James Williams was second. So we have Darwin Thompson, who was seventh, James Williams, who's second. um, And then he was also 15th in yards per route run. Um, So James Williams is another really, really nice addition. And we have five running backs that like, like should, should make the roster, but we'll probably carry four at most unless uh, the Chiefs do something surprising and, and get rid of Sherman and carry five running backs instead. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I we were I think like we were saying earlier that our running back group is is going to be crazy. Like they're going to have to battle it out. There it, there's no room for error on that on on the squad. So yeah, he's a, he's going to James Williams though is he's uh has above average elusiveness. He's going he's really hard to to take down. Um you know, he's he's a little undersized, but uh he makes up for with the elusiveness, and I think that he's just going to be one another one of those guys where he's going to be fighting for a roster spot with with all the we got you know William we got Damian Williams we got Hyde we have uh yeah, like we talked Dam- about Thompson already Damian uh, Williams Hyde uh Daryl Williams Daryl Williams James Williams and Darwin Thompson so yeah it's going to be tough to get that I don't know it's going to be Tough to figure out who's going to be off the who's going to be that one that doesn't make it because I, I don't see them getting rid of I don't see them getting rid of Sherman. <laughs> yeah, I think best case scenario, um, you know, like they did with Pringle last year and stash him on IR. Yeah. Um, and then like we mentioned with Felton Davis and, and Cody Thompson, best case scenario you can stash Daryl Williams or James Williams on IR. Um, you know, I think I think those guys have a pretty good chance of getting snatched off of the practice squad. So that's why I say don't just put them on the practice squad because mm-hmm. somebody else can pick them up. But, you know, I they're running backs. Uh, unfortunately, running backs have a tendency to get hurt. So you're, there's no telling what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, Daryl Williams has a very similar skill set to, to Carlos Hyde. Um, so preferably I would stash Daryl Williams on IR um, if if they have a reason to do so, uh, and then next year when Hyatt's gone, then you bring Williams back, and you know you got your four running backs, you know with Damian Williams, Darwin Thompson, James Williams, and Daryl Williams. So um, you know I think that's a really nice group of four running backs for next year and, and five this year, um, with with Hyde included. Yeah. Then moving on to uh, Gary Johnson, who is the linebacker out of Texas that we signed. I think. We, we, we talked about him a little bit earlier. Uh, he has his closing speed's kind of crazy. Like he, we, I know you posted that video. You posted a video the other day where he uh, just came out of nowhere, flew out of nowhere, and, and hit that dude. He's get, uh, you know, hopefully we can carry on the tradition of with Derek Johnson just get just going out. And so with Charles, hopefully we can get another uh, Texas guy in here to to make an impact, which that would be awesome, obviously. Um, and I, uh, yeah, so. When people kind of think that the, our linebacking core is a little weak, so hopefully he'll step up and 
prove some people wrong. Yeah, and and the thing with Gary Johnson isn't. I think this really really hurt him, but um, you know he's only he's only six foot, about two hundred and twenty five pounds. Um, so he's he's really undersized, but that role with Dorian O'Daniel that we so desperately needed, um, especially in the base packages for this year. Um, Gary Johnson is, you know, he's going to compete with Dorian O'Daniel for that, for that spot. And, um, yeah, he ran a four, four, three, which is the second fastest time by any linebacker at the combine. Um, even though he's undersized, um, I mean, the dude is just explosive. I mean, he can, he can go, he can, there was a play where against Oklahoma, uh, CD caught the ball and he, he forced a couple missed tackles. And he was running into the end zone, and Gary Johnson just came out of nowhere and tackled him from behind. And C.D. Land popped up and was like, "What the hell just happened? Like, where did this guy come from?" Because he like he wasn't anywhere in the vicinity whenever whenever uh, C.D. Land was about to go into the end zone. So uh, Gary Johnson, he really would he's really going to add a a new dynamic to uh, to this roster, and he's a type of linebacker that we don't currently have. You know, um, Jacksonville's Telvin Smith. Um, that, that's the type of guy that, you know, Gary Johnson can be. So, um, I really, really like Gary Johnson. Um, I expected him to be a day three pick, you know, sixth round, early seventh round type of guy. Um, but this is definitely a guy that I want to see make the roster. And, uh, I think he will. I really do. I think he will. I think he'll, he'll make the roster. We'll probably carry six or seven linebackers. And I think Gary Johnson will be one of them. So. Yeah, so okay, moving on to uh, the next one, we have an, another linebacker in Darius Harris. So, um, you know, we just you just kind of talked about uh, he uh, Darius. Did, where did what school did he come from again? It was pretty small, right? Uh, Middle Tennessee. So he Middle, went to school yeah. with Javarius Ward. Yeah. So middle. So Middle Tennessee, not not a huge school, but uh, I think he has some potential. I don't. I don't know that. He. I don't think he's going to be a starter this year or anything like that. But I think that he could definitely. Uh, he can definitely push push some of the other guy other linebackers to uh, fight for a spot. Um, and hopefully, I mean, hopefully, it'll surprise me. Um, I think that uh, with O'Daniel Johnson, Raglan, Hitchens, it's going to be hard to take a spot from one of them. But um, I think he's a he's a decent he's a decent linebacker. How do you feel about him? Yeah. So uh, last year he had 97 tackles. Um, he had 12 tackles for a loss and uh five sacks and um he kind of he kind of features the same type of skill set as gary johnson um but he's he's not as explosive as gary johnson um i think i think believe i tweeted a video of him um a higher a, a short clip of him uh a couple days ago but um yeah darius harris is he's the same type of linebacker as gary johnson he's not as explosive but He's definitely an aggressive player, and I think he's a, I think he's a guy that could definitely make the roster, um, or not make the roster. I'm sorry, make the. Well, he could make the roster. Who knows? <laughs> but um, I think he'll be a practice squad guy for sure, and um, he'd be a decent fill-in if if somebody gets injured and you know they recall a guy from IR or from the practice squad. You know that he could definitely be a guy like that. So. Right. So then the the last guy we've got we we got on here is uh Tim Ward. So he's the defensive end from Old Dominion. Um you know, we kind of we talked about how we kind of stirred up our defensive our defensive line. Um I think that 
you know, he's a pretty he's a pretty big dude, 6'5", 255, decent decent size to him. He has a lot. He's really really athletic, um, so which I think is uh, probably his best the best thing about him. He uh, he's, he he kind of fits the the Spagnolo uh, length trend that they've got going on there. He's 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 pretty long, and um, I think we talked. I think we actually talked about him before because didn't he visit with the Chiefs? Yeah, he was uh he was one of the Chiefs' top thirty visits. So yeah, that's right. You know they they bring him in, and I think I think he was like immediately. I I don't know how I missed it, but um it was like really really early after the draft, and uh, somebody announced that he signed, and I missed it for like a whole day. I didn't even know. Hmm. Um, and then I saw it, and I was like, oh holy crap! Like we got we got Tim Ward like. Uh, the Chiefs were actually interested in him, and they talked about him being like a potential late round guy. Um, so they get him as an undrafted free agent, and he had 15 sacks over his college career, um, four years. So, um, I mean, not not anything super flashy, but he was overshadowed quite a bit by O'Shane Simenez, um, who I believe was like a, a second or third round pick. I'm not sure, but. Um, yeah, they played together, and Tim Ward, he also dealt with some injuries. Uh, so he, he didn't even really get, like, a ton of pass rush snaps um, in his college career. He's only had 722 snaps, which is, like, a little under two seasons worth of pass rush snaps for, like, the typical edge rusher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, like, that's an average of essentially seven and a half sacks per year, like, in, on average. So... I mean that's that's not bad. Like that's he's a pretty good pretty good edge rusher, but he's dealt with some injuries, so um, it's definitely a guy that they can work on. And this is another guy that I think will make the practice squad. So okay, so going on to uh, our pretty much our final segment is uh, the whole ordeal that we got going on with Tyreek Hill. Oh boy, so go, so going back and we've all been back and forth with this. You know, he's not innocent. He's innocent. I think that at this point. Okay, so I, I so what his lawyer put out his lawyer that would put out the the four page thing, correct? That's who posted yeah. it. Yeah. So his lawyer puts wrote this four page article, I guess you'd say, or statement, and it was basically, yeah, it basically showed. Uh, so it's supposed to show another conversation between him and his basic denying all the counts that he ever abused his kid. He didn't. He said saying he didn't do any of that. And the, basically, the only thing that he admits that he did was wrong was when he said, told her that uh, he should be a, he should be he afraid. Yeah. Uh, he that he, that his wife his girlfriend that should be afraid of him as well as the kid. So that's basically the only thing that he's said that yes, I did this. That was wrong. Then I need you know I can't I can't defend myself on that. Other than that, he basically. Um, what, the, what there was a what came out is she said in the in the message that they were talking about it said he um, basically she was like yeah I know you didn't do anything he because because okay let me restart that <laughs> she, he said I I didn't you know I didn't abuse my son and she's she I know but I'm gonna I might get charged anyway and she said I know you didn't I was just angry and upset at you so I made the whole thing up and I was the one that actually abused him so that's the thing Basically, that everybody's yeah. Yeah, every, that's the thing that everybody's reading right now, and is, you know, maybe he's innocent, maybe he's innocent, and you know, because everybody is. So it's it's been crazy. It's been a wild ride. So. Yeah, and you know, this thing has gone back and forth, back and forth, and I don't think this is going to be the last 
I don't think this is going to be the last we hear of it. I think, I think this thing is so complicated. I think it's so complex that, you know, we're going to hear more stuff. And, you know, the next thing we know, Tyreek's going to be guilty again. And, um, you know, he was making all this up. But one thing I do know is, is that this, this lawyer who is Tyreek Hill's lawyer is also advising on the behalf of Crystal um, in the CPS case. So while the criminal case is closed, who I think Andy Reid mentioned that it had been reopened after the, after the audio came out, the lawyer actually came out and said, no, it, it hasn't been reopened. Um, so they're really just, apparently they're working on, on the CPS case. And, you know, I don't, I don't even really care at this point. I'm so like exhausted over it. Yeah. Um, I just, I just want it to be over. You know, if he gets suspended, he gets suspended. If he gets kicked off the team, he gets kicked off the team. Like, yeah, it's going to suck for the chiefs, but ultimately, you know, we've, we've said this and we felt very strongly about this is we want the best for the child. And, um, you know, uh, according to the lawyer, you know, they're, the parents are in therapy or they're in counseling right now and they're getting all the help they need, you know? So who knows this? It's either, like I said, this is either a very elaborate cover up or Crystal was trying to set Tyreek up. Right. I mean, those those are the only two ways. Um, And so either way, um, it's wrong. Um, I I mean, it's screwed up either way, and it sucks for the kid. But, um, I mean, dude, I don't don't even know. I don't even know what to say. Like, like if Crystal was trying to set the the belief is, according to Therese Paler and and Seth Kaiser of um, who does some work for Arrowhead Pride, but um, they basically said the way it was written was Crystal was attempting to set Tyreek Hill up um, because they were going to separate and she wanted full custody of their son. And so yep. she she recorded that video. She was trying to get him to admit to something. Um, and then it didn't work out. And somehow along the line, she got implicated in all of it. And she's like, crap, I screwed up. You know, that that's what they're trying to make it out to sound like. And honestly, I'm not going to lie, whenever I first heard the video, up until up until he said, you should be terrified of me too, um, it kind of sounded like that to me. She's like, she kept asking the same question over and over again. And it was like she was trying to get him to admit to it. And he's like, no, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't break his arm. I didn't break his arm. Um, but, I mean, I'm, I'm still here to wait for the facts. I'm going to wait for the facts. Hopefully the facts will come out. And whatever happens in the end, good or bad for the Chiefs, good or bad for me as a fan, I don't care. All I want is for for the son for the child to be okay. And they've got twins on the way, so you know, I want I uh, want all that to work out as well. So Yeah, I think the I think the bottom line is that uh that they're clearly not a good match for each other. That they 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 have had so many problems throughout their whole, the relationship it seems like and that that at this point they need to think of the kid whether he's going to get whether he's off the team or not. If he did it, if he did that, he needs to be off the team. If he didn't do it, then they need to figure that out because it's not fair for the kid. It's they got they got to figure that out, well, and then the kid needs to be number one. Yeah, and another thing is, is as far as I know, from everything that I've heard and everything I've been able to to read up on, and everything from the first incident that happened whenever they were in college, I don't believe they ever got help after that. No, yeah. I, they never got professional help. They never sought professional help. They tried to do it on their own, and that never works out. I mean, 
go get help. You know, they have access to the Chiefs. If they're having issues, they needed to say, Tyreek needed to go to his to his coach or go to his, his agent and say, hey, look, like this is a volatile situation. You know, we need to get help. I, I understand that that's kind of, uh, like that's kind of humili- not humiliating, but um, I don't know what the word is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, you know, that, that's what they should have done, and they just didn't do it. And it, it escalated, and now it's to the point where it is. And, you know, they've got they've got a horrible situation on their hands. Um, they've lost custody of their son, and who knows what's going to happen with their twins as well. So, um, But I do know that they're getting help now, um, according to the lawyer. They're getting help. Um, they've been in counseling, and, you know, Ty- they say Tyreek Hill remains positive and upbeat about the situation, and, you know, he feels confident in, in, in his defense. So, um, I mean, that's that. I don't really... Yeah know what else to say about it but um anyway moving on really quick we're going to talk about our the giveaway that we have going on um Tavarius Ward the cornerback for the Chiefs was generous enough to um reach out to us and um offer to send us some some signed memorabilia I think it's a pair of gloves um it might be a ball I'm not sure a t-shirt I think he said yeah, a t-shirt and a, a signed towel. I'm not sure if there's a ball or not, but I know there's gloves in there, he said. But uh, whatever. Whatever he sends us, anyway, it's going to be really, really cool. Um, and so we're going to give that away um, in a package. So if you haven't already, go to our profile on Twitter, click the pinned tweet, retweet that, um, and then follow us as well if, you, if you're not already following us. So that's it for this week, guys. Um, thank you for listening to Episode 9 of Arrowhead Live. Uh, We'll see you guys next Friday, and uh, we hope you enjoyed it. See you later, guys. Go Chiefs.